Welcome to the Master Your Genius Podcast with Keith Cornies. Listen in and learn as he coaches entrepreneurs to master their genius. Here's your host, Coach Keith. Hey everybody, how you doing? It's Coach Keith here. I am so excited to bring Bill Morrison to our podcast number 11 about his book, Lions in the Grass, A Marketing Insider's Guide to Mass Persuasion. This book is amazing. It aligns with what we talk about here at AIM Coaching and Mastering Your Genius. It talks about your emotions, your emotional manipulation. It's a great book. He gives some great insights, some great tips. It's really good listen, you guys. I hope you enjoy it. Lions in the Grass by Bill Morrison. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. How you doing? It's uh, Coach Keith here, and welcome to the Master Your Genius podcast. I'm here with Bill Morrison. Bill Morrison's just recently read a book called Lions in the Grass. It's an amazing book. I've had a really great read. Uh, quick intro. Bill is also a really good friend of mine. We met uh, 25, years almost ago. 30 years yeah. ago. Yeah. So originally he was my mentor. I know, mm. you know, younger, older, so it works out pretty good. Taught me how to sell, really, honestly, mm. at the mm. end of the day. I came off a construction site with calluses on my hand and uh, sat in your in your uh, on your site selling condos, yeah, oh, and uh, you sat in the back, and every time you came out and you told me my words were wrong, and we fixed me, and I ended up being a top producing realtor for twenty five years. I will take all the credit, for that. <laughs> not the money, all of it, yeah, not the money, credit. just the credit, not the money, yeah, no yeah. money. Yeah. So yeah, so what I'm going to do now, guys, is I'm just going to get Bill. I, I just a little bit of an intro, maybe for these guys, just so they get a feel of maybe a history and uh, and who you are now. Sure. And so if you want to go ahead and do that, that'd be great. Do you want me to start really young, like when the earth cooled type of thing, or do you want me to start? Yeah, no, no, it's good. Yeah, you yeah. You can start when you got your mummy and daddy issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see. <laughs> Back when I was six. Well, first off, thank you for having me. This is oh, really cool. Because awesome. we've talked about doing this for a very long time and just mm-hmm. to sit around and have a BS session and, and see what comes out of it and see if we can really generate some interesting ideas and share them with people. Yeah. So that's, that's exciting. It's very yeah. cool. Uh, background started in real estate in, in the 80s. So almost 30 years ago, uh, and have always sold pre-sale condos, which are essentially boxes of air. So people will buy something that's not going to be built for three years. So it has to go through a construction process. During that period of time, during the last 30 years, really refined how the sales process and the marketing process worked, but did it in a way that related to how people think. Hard to tell. We're going to talk about your passion. So are you married? Do you have kids? Where do you, <laughs> yeah. what's going on? So yeah, yeah. For 30 about, years. about uh, sales and marketing though. Keith, so, really. how, so resale, when you worked at a Remax office with me, you were yeah. there for how many years? Just shy of a dozen. A dozen years. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, and then after that, you went on your own and the first kind of marketing company you created was? Oh, by I think it was Nutera. Yeah. Nutera started at that time and I went on my own to try it and, and uh, picked up a developer client, then two developer clients, then four and on and on and on. And pretty soon uh, I was selling projects all over British Columbia, uh, down throughout the Western United States, over Hawaii, as far as Mexico and Palm Desert and all over. So I've done some... Some crazy, crazy stuff, which you have been involved with mm-hmm. and seen the results of. I think uh, I stopped counting at about 11,000 condominiums. I mean, yeah. And I, Amazing. Yeah, I've sold quite a few. And almost 30 now individual buildings have sold out in single day events right on grand opening day. Uh, and that's all due to the stuff that's in the book, which is all about uh, uh, persuasion and emotion and how people think and how we make our decisions. Awesome. So... 
Billy and I are avid hockey players. We play hockey together. Uh, we played on a team for about 25 years. Uh, and then, Billy, you're still playing for that team. And we've had a lot of great trips, yeah. a lot of good times, a lot of laughs. We're going to get a little carried away here, I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys uh, enjoy this. And why don't we just get right into the book? So it's a labor of love. Yeah, absolutely. It was two years of writing. And, and it got almost like two full-time jobs. I had to, had to write and learn how to write at the same time because I, I, I popped out of school as it notes right in the first pages that I was pretty much illiterate right off the bat. And so I needed to learn the process of writing, not just the discipline, but how to write, how to write the words that people, people read. So that was a, a passion. It was a huge obstacle to overcome. So I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of the book, but I'm even more proud of the fact that I've accomplished that. And we've, I mean, through the years, you and I have had so many conversations. I mean, most of them show up in the book. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I may take credit for, you know, helping you with the sales, but you can take credit (laughs) and none of the money for helping me with the book. (laughs) Good. So So Big Bill, Mm -hmm. no longer with us. He recently passed away. My My mom recently passed away. So they both passed away in the same year, I think Mm -hmm. maybe. uh, But he was a writer. Yeah, yeah. He was a writer and always wrote and uh, just wrote for himself and also wrote to publish lots of articles, lots of travel articles, lots of articles about fly fishing. And he was a, he was a, everything from a, a pirate to a sailor to a fly fisherman to a, everything. So a real gypsy. And we kind always of, kind took- of eclectic like you. Bill will put on a $3,000 suit and sit with developers and then he'll be hiking in the backcountry finding birch to make dresser drawers for the kids or taking the front. What was the, what was the, the one bed you made for your son? What was that? Oh, that was a, that was a, we we found a, a 1956 DeSoto and tore it apart and then rebuilt it and made it into a bed. bed, Yeah. And I remember my son came in and, and looked at the bed and, this is after like a year of body work and finding parts and obscure grill pieces. And my son, Will, came in and said, oh, does the horn work? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Went out and got one of those little Ugo horns. <laughs> yeah, a little good to go. play this thing and go to sleep. Yeah, so, but that's just a passion. I think, I think if you have a creative outlet, aside from what you're doing in whatever business it is, if you have a creative outlet, it just makes you better at that business. Well, you know, creativity, let's talk about that for a sure, second. Yeah. Uh, it's actually one of the hardest things to have. I know like in Master of Genius, we talk about the things we learn about ourselves, mm-hmm. how we uh, how we notice them, when we put things in place to fix them and how that impacted our life. Okay. Uh, but we're really talking about, you know, owning your past so you can have your future. And we're also talking about understanding your brain and mastering your genius, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's interesting because as a creative, you, you're very left and right brained. So you're very analytically minded. You reverse engineer, you problem solve. It's one of your best skill sets. Also, when I saw, I walked into what Bill was working, uh, when you're on the top floor with Pilot House, I think it was. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I walked into your office and you're planning a launch and you had, I think about six whiteboards, you know, that covered a whole wall (laughs) and there was not a space that could be fit on there. There was items one and then one through A, A, B, C, D, F, G, two, all the way up to like a hundred. And each one of those was a small step you were taking to create the launch where you Mm -hmm. sell out in 24 hours or one or two hours, but on in one day. Yep. And uh, I was so amazed. And I always said to you, your genius is so underrated because it was like, how do you show someone all those details in a conversation, one hour pitching a developer how to use you uh, or how to hire you? And, and I know that was a frustrating part because they didn't see you as any different than anyone else. 
Uh, yet when people read lions in the grass, they're going to realize real fast what they had, you yeah. know? And so now you're being seen for that, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want the audience to know that uh, to be truly creative, it takes a lot of energy. And I know you put long hours in when you were working on developments. And I know you put long hours in the book mm -hmm. and it's a left right brain thing. It's not just a, you know, a fluffy right brain thing where you just say, oh, it's going to be great. People are going to love it. You actually thought it through. I was reading the book and it goes through sections and it, it's really clean. You know, it's like, like when Cole plays his songs and he goes to the right note, Cole's mm -hmm. my son, they know mm -hmm. that. But when mm -hmm. he goes to the right note and it lands on the right note, you just feel like, oh, that's where I wanted the song to go. Yeah. I feel that's what your book does. Wow. It takes me where I'm listening, I'm reading, I'm learning, then the story comes, and then it finishes nicely. So I really wrap up the learning. Is that something that you really wanted to do in that? or or I, Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's like when you ask a question and someone answers it in this very big roundabout way, it's respectful to present that roundabout way, like I'm doing right now, mm -hmm. but to come back and answer the actual question. I think, I think you have to respect your readers. I think you have to respect your buyers. I think you have to respect the people you deal with. And so when they ask you a question, you actually come back and answer it. Let me throw something out at you. We are so busy right now. We're just inundated with stuff. We're, we're just bombarded by messages and we're on social media and we have news feeds. It's, it's, it's crazy. And so dissecting everything that's coming in, but we're doing it at this insane rate. It's something that evolution has never prepared us for. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're acting like a triage now, right? So it's, this information comes in, and if it's good, we take it, and we deal with it, and if it's bad, we toss it out. If it makes sense, if it relates to us, then we go that way. So when you send out, and this relates to your original question, when you send out an email to someone, and there's three questions, hey, can I meet you on this day at this time, and can you bring this, and would you mind telling me if you're going to be doing this or this? When you send out that, just to regular folks, out of those three questions that you ask on your email, how many do you typically get answered? Well, I would say probably maybe none or one, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the problem. We're so bloody busy. Yeah. We're so dealing with this triage, like the frontline worker and then in comes this, this accident. These people come in. It's like the information and the stimuli just pounding on us. Well, let's, let's dive into that yeah. because I know that when you construct an email, the most mm. important thing is the intro that people read sure. to get them to open it. Yeah. Like, could you help me or yeah. whatever? Your intro and your PS. Right. The, oh, the PS. Okay. Oh, well, absolutely. Let's come to that. Let's come to that. Yeah. So I know that uh, the gurus out there, all the seminars we mm. go to, all we mm. hear is, mm. is like, now they want you to turn that email into a text message, like nine, 10 words or less, ask yeah. the question, get to mm -hmm. the point. So people, they get interested, they click on it, they read it, they get done and they're done. So what's the PS about now? Well, first of all, if you want to learn how to shorten your email into a text, just text with my son for a little while, the 16 <laughs> year old, and you get, um, and you get answers like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it blue? Is it red? Do I need to bring this along? What, what is it you need me to do? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, LOL. that's good training, hey? That's LOL. really good training. Yeah. That whether way I... you don't have to have long conversations <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> well, whether I like it or not, I'm learning learning a new skill. Oh, yeah. I earlier downloaded and got rid of grade seven, so I would have extra space yeah. just to put this other shit in there. So the but, PS, uh, why is the yeah. PS important? Because it's natural for us to finish up and see how the book ends, turn to the last page. It's a natural thing we do. Uh, we want to see the result. It's heuristic learning. And so what we need to do is we need to decide, or we need to heuristic find- Heuristic learning. Her, holistic. Holistic. Okay, holistic yeah. Holistic learning. Learning. And so what happens is it's the same way 
that if we have to take a left turn on a six lane intersection, mm -hmm. if we were to think about every single thing that could or could not go wrong, we'd never make the turn. It's like if every time you sit on a chair, any chair, if you had to think, will this chair hold my weight? Well, isn't it fair to say that the brain only can hold so much information? So it automatically takes things and just compartmentalizes mm -hmm. it so it doesn't have to think about it. Yes. Oh, that's a chair. It'll hold me mm -hmm. without actually noticing if so it's we, on wheels or not. And it can hold you. Yeah. So we need to make some assumptions. We need to make assumptions that the people in, in places and positions of authority are, have our best interest. That's not always the case, but we need to make this assumption. I can't learn to be a locksmith and a, uh, and a, a heart uh, doctor, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, and a rocket scientist. I just can't. Yeah. I have to trust these people in these positions of authority. So that trust leads me to make these assumptions. Mm -hmm. I need to know how things are going to end. I need to know how things are going to turn out. Well, you know, silent expectations or assumptions, okay, sure. like you're in a marriage and mm. you, just, you just expect someone to do something they don't and you're disappointed and it builds up and it builds up until you're resentful and angry because you had an expectation it would be a way or an assumption that all women do this, right? Like, well, we'll keep it clean. Like my mom cleaned up my, my, my room, did all my laundry. So when I got married, I just assumed that my wife would do that. And then when, you know, one day when you're, when, one day when, when it's like, why are, why are my clothes on the front lawn? Yeah. I, I, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, then all of a sudden you realize maybe that's not the best thing to do. And, <laughs> and the assuming and this whole place, right? Yeah. So isn't that a big part of sales? It's a big part of sales just to Getting finish up into the, the prediction. Yeah. And to finish up the PS for just a moment, because sure. that's the, that's the start of the sales okay. process. And, and to your point, the PS allows us to see how things are going to go so we can be comfortable with the process. So it's, when you read a headline, typically in a newspaper, mm -hmm. you, you'll see that headline, it'll either resonate or it won't resonate. And once it resonates, if it's well-written, it'll do all the things it's supposed to do. It resonates, it catches you. Typically what happens is you'll jump down, if there's an image, jump down again and you'll look at if there's a subtext, a subheading. And you'll notice the sneaky buggers, what they do is they drop that down after the first paragraph and bold it so that your eyes jumps around back and forth. Well, to go with this inability to have an attention span. Bingo, right? bingo, Boom, bingo. Absolutely. Right? And so when that happens, you're bouncing around and are more likely to hold you for just a few more so, seconds. So let's say an entrepreneur wants to do a newsletter. Yeah. And they follow the newsletter way mm -hmm. and they don't think about the, the reader having a low attention span. Mm. They should be doing like bold subheading and then chasing them around the screen and then maybe down the bottom yeah. having something that captures them. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Give an example, a personal example that you know very well. Well, newsletter. Well, well, hang on. Let me, yeah. let me throw this to you. Sure. A flyer comes to your door. Right. And you're standing in it and you've got the flyer in your hand. How many feet of attention before it goes into the recycle bin? How many feet of attention do you give that? Well, the walk from the door to the kitchen, right? So, and if yeah. it captures my, if it catches me, mm. I might even look at it, mm -hmm. read it a bit. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, then it's already on the bottom of the pile and I'm leafing through the envelopes. Good. Right? So could we, could we talk, if you don't mind for just a minute, because I think it's so important. Sure. Could we talk about headlines and the power of headlines and the good versus the bad? And, and then the my negative. hair. And then we're going to talk about your, what? Okay. <laughs> talk about my hair. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the power of the headline, the importance of the headline. In let's, do you want to use a flyer as an example? Well, or? we'll use anything as an example. Okay. Uh, just so you're in the process of writing, creating something. You need people to respond. You need a response out of this process. How do you do it? Right now, there's a real big push on for positive news, positive information. We're getting 
inundated with negativity, just hammered with it. It's just negative news, it's heart-wrenching imagery, uh, there's all the strife and the social unrest that's going on. And so, you know, it's very responsible of us to build to build positive headlines. The problem is Nobody if you're in yeah, if you're in triage. Well, you know, it's it's this is what I hate, right? Because as a as a mm-hmm. solution-focused coach with a positive outcome frame, mm-hmm. I could sell the magic pill mm-hmm. and tell people this is going to change their life, right? Okay. Or they could realize they got to do the work. Okay. And so I use, I always shift to the positive. So if someone's like, you're going to lose business, I'm like, you can make, this will, this okay. will happen. And great oh, this is you, good. Right? This is really good. This is really good because I've got something for you that will bring all that together, allow you to achieve what you need to do, present good, but also get attention. Oh, good. I like that. Okay. Yes. And now behind door number five. So really what's going to happen is this. We have to walk the line. We know that we need to get their attention. If everyone is in triage right now, everybody's in triage, everybody's dealing. So, okay. Income, all these injured patients. Yep. And the first guy has been shot and stabbed. Another guy's got a broken leg and he's bleeding and, and all of these things come in. This is like the information that's coming in. And then somebody comes in and says, I don't feel really well. You back of the line. You're not even serious. I need to deal with the problem. I need to deal with the problems. Okay. That's the way we're dealing with our information. Well, the brain is systematic and sequential. Right. And it wants to put in order the most important things first. Okay. So that it doesn't make a mistake because we're predicting a future negative outcome. Right. So it's sorting for the most important as a machine. Yep. And why I want to bring that out is because I want people to realize what you're talking about is not only great marketing to the emotion, which Mm -hmm. you're going to get to, but it's also giving the brain what it wants to function at its highest level. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it connects... 100% 100% back to our evolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you were, you know, congratulations, you're here probably because your, your ancestors jumped in fear from the slithering stick rather than the other people's ancestors that picked it up to Proof see why. that fear works. Yeah. Why does this thing rattle? Yeah. Why is one end rattling? What's, yeah. with, the, what's with the teeth? Yeah. So. Uh, that's a snake. <laughs> so, so the whole point of it is, is that, you know, congratulations, your ancestors were uh, emotionally intelligent awesome. because you moved on. Uh, and if you didn't move on. Well, evolutionary, evolutionary biologists say, you know, we're winning because we're here. Yeah. And our genes are the winning genes. So back to the negative, yeah, if yeah, I could. Yeah, let's go to that. So if you were to say, these are the 10 best foods you can eat, you know, yeah. that's what you're going to get as a response. If you say... These are the five worst foods you can put in your body. That gets a response. That's right. But one is negative and one is positive. Yep. And we really, really, really want to be responsible and build up the positive. Here's what happens is it doesn't get the attention. Now, the mistake that happens with most marketing professionals is we stop at the negative. When I say we, because I've done this wrong a lot. So you stop at the negative. Ta-da! Now people will pay attention. Sure they do, but they're left with a negative. They're left with a negative. So now you need them to, you need them to pay attention because of the negative, but now you need them to be happy. Well, that's not going to work out. So you need to balance this with, as another example, here's the top 10 mistakes all homeowner, new homeowners make. Okay, you've got my attention as a new homeowner. And then we balance that with a subheading that says, and here's how to avoid them. So again, as you talk about all the time, positive. threat and reward, yeah. and you get the positive. So now we end up with a positive. So you've got the triage, okay, then you yeah. get their attention with right? the fix. Yes. Now you can draw them in a little bit further. Right. Now there's a couple other steps to that. Sure. One, it has to be relevant. 
I talk about this in the book a lot. If I was to go to PETA members, you know, uh, and I said, okay, you can either spend, you can either donate to save, to house the homeless, or you can donate to ban animal traps. Mm-hmm. Well, one is relevant to mm-hmm. that group and one isn't. So your message has to be relevant, right? Well, it's interesting. You're hitting a couple parts in the book right now. One is, is the devil, the choose the devil, your devil mm-hmm. marketing. Mm-hmm. We're kind of in that right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other one about this threat versus reward is the place where you always talk about in your book, mm-hmm. and, and I agree with, is that everyone makes an emotional decision they think is logical, and then they back up that emotional decision with logical thinking. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. So that's how some people can make, you know, bad mistakes, like or not bad mistakes. They make different choices. You know, let's look at that. I mean, we've looked at the negative and the positive, and we'll come back to that. Let's. Talk about how we make our decisions. And this is really the core. And when you saw all those lineups and the people really going crazy to buy a box of air, mm-hmm. and really there was product next door, similar stuff. Well, it was homes. crazy. There was one site that had been on the market forever and they had no sales. You came on and sold out in one day. Yeah. And, and the Dell developer over there gives you a phone call. You know, like, what yeah. did you do? <laughs> yeah. And and it and really wasn't um it really wasn't. Uh, trickery or giveaways or incentives. It was just the way it was positioned mm-hmm. and how people paid attention to it and why they paid attention to it. So if if we talk a little bit about the reasoning behind our decision-making. Sure. So here's the thing is, is okay. So we take a guy, say like me, who wants to buy a new vehicle and I'm trying to impress developers. Let's be honest. It's a visual component of what we do. Success. Yeah. And that particular target audience, they they really want to see that they're working with people that have success, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's it's this visual support of their emotional and, and logical decisions. So you roll up in your old tin can, and that's not as powerful as rolling up in a new vehicle. So I decide I want to buy a big black SUV. Sure. And this thing says, oh yeah, you are powerful. This, when I sit in it, I, it has, you know, I'm elevated. Uh, it's got tinted windows. Uh, I mean, it, it, it supports all the things that I have inside. I'm being just really open and honest here. So I have this big, massive. Fills know, the ego pretty darn good. Bingo. So I get that truck, that SUV. Now, if you asked me, why'd you buy that? My answer wouldn't be, because I'm really insecure and I needed a big ass truck, my answer would be, well, I need room for the family. This has a great crash test rating. Well, you've already bought it. So now in comes the logic or the justification. Single. The brain's number one job is to make you feel good about every yeah. decision you make, good or bad. Yeah. Right? So now so we cover like, up the tracks. We cover, cover up, up the tracks. tracks. Yeah. Oh, oh, this is a great decision. Right. Now here's where honey, that's, hey, that's, honey. Hey, all, guess all, what? The, all our listeners out there, their partners are coming home making, making excuses about what they yeah. bought and they're just sitting back going, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> You, we have a, a, a 20 by 20 lawn and you needed a John Deere right more. Yeah. Yes. But I have more time with the family on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. So really when you look at, when you really look at the, the decision process and that covering up of yeah. what actually happens, it's not that dangerous until we go to sell something and then we sell with logic. So, so the same guy, you buys yeah. that truck, yeah. ego comes home, justifies it to the wife. Now he's got to turn around and sell it because it's got 50K on no, it. No, because she says, get that thing out of my bloody drawer. Yeah. So, so it's how going does out. he sell it? What's, what's he do wrong? So what the problem is you, you believe that you're logical. You believe your decisions were logic-based because your emotional decision is well hidden. It's at the back. We don't give it any credit. Mm-hmm. And now I turn around and I go to the market with, it's dependable. 
It has undercarriage plating. So when you go four by fouring in your $100,000 cars, you don't want to get a scratch in. Over speed bumps. Yeah, over speed bumps. And in that two days of snow that we get here, you present it to the world as And you don't get it sold as fast and they don't buy, you don't get as much money and you wonder why because you didn't sell to emotion in the first place. Bingo. So when you go into the developer's project and it hasn't been selling it's because they've been saying it's two bedroom and a den and it represents great value so let's go here now so in the book you talk about the word manipulation you bring it right out right in the very beginning and you say here's all the definitions choose your definitions like it or don't like it we're going to use this word because it's the truth about what's going on yeah it it has a nefarious background let's let's face it manipulation is a nasty blasted word right i almost really swore there you can (laughs) okay well it's it it's a shitty word. It's a that I was going to use something is, stronger, yeah. but yes, it's a tough, tough, strong word. But what I love about it is that when you use it, people have emotional reaction to it. Yeah. It so shows, yeah, it shows exactly what bingo, you're talking about. Bingo! It's exactly what it is. So when we talk about the emotions of language, and we talk about the emotions of words, and then we use the word like manipulation, people are like, "That's an unfortunate word, an unfortunate choice." Here's the great thing about it: it has power. That word has power. Manipulation has power. It's, it's like a pit bull, right? Yeah. It can either be the greatest puppy you've ever had and the most wonderful dog or this ferocious beast. Because of the owner not knowing how to nurture yeah. that And dog, whether they or, want it to Or how to bad. use that language, yeah. right? It's like anything in life, right? It's okay. like language is huge. So the way I see it's like this. NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, your language programs your cognitive thinking, how you think, and then that becomes your neuroscience. It becomes your grooves, your thinking, your loops. So it all starts with words, and there's silent words. So when people are in their silence, they have this self-talk, and they don't know the language they're using. Mm -hmm. That language is their programming, and it's all around emotion, which is what you're talking about. And part of mastering your genius is starting to listen to that noise, listen to that white noise in your head. I love it. That's deep thinking. That's awesome. Right? So for you as a marketer, and Mm -hmm. and this is I want to get to this, because in the book you talk about when you were in grade four. Can we stay on manipulation for just a sec? Do you mind? No, because I just want to finish up because it's really an important component. Go for Uh, it. We talked about the manipulate me to talk about manipulation. Right. So yeah, you're getting sleepy. Uh, Yeah. So manipulation, we have this bad connection to it. But let's just say, let's pick something bizarre. And and, okay, you have an aunt. You have an aunt, and she pretty much raised you. It's your mom's sister, and this aunt is is really special in your life. You can pick anything or anybody, but let's just use it as an aunt. Your aunt is the strongest woman you know, and she has helped raise you, and she's been part of your life since you were an infant. This is not in the book. This is just, we're just winging it here. Sure. So you love your aunt, and you see her on Wednesdays for tea, and she's just been a really big part of your life, but she smokes. And you are, you know, you're married to someone in the health industry, you know about smoking. You got kids, and, you don't want smokers around your kids. Right, and you love your aunt, and you want her part of your life. And you've said, Auntie, we'll call her Auntie, call her Auntie Nick for nicotine. Auntie Nick! <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Smoke for smoke. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so Auntie Nick, so Auntie Nick has, um, she says I'm a one pack a day, but you know it's two packs a day, right? right? And, and she's got a special tan on her fingers from this, but she's the greatest woman ever. And you just want her to be around for you and your children. You really want her around. So 
you start showing her imagery of this is what a tar lung looks like and this is what happens and did you know auntie if you stop smoking for just like a couple of months this is what your lungs will start to regenerate like and none of this is strong enough well, it's practical it's not it's yeah, not emotional it's, it's like detailed. here's a lung here's what a lung looks like yeah. and you'll be like not mine yeah so oh, I, I poor poor bugger but not mine right and your aunt will say you know that the, the They've just got a hold of me, dearie. They've got a hold of me. So, you, you know, you're trying, to, you're trying to get around that, but you can't. You can't. So you're desperate because you know this is really hard. And so you go to her and you say, Auntie, I love you. You're the strongest woman I know. And seeing you die is going to kill me. I can't do this. I can't go through this. I can't put myself through this because it's going to kill me. So I can't see you anymore. I can't see you anymore until you stop smoking. Now that is some king size manipulation, king size. Yes. But it is for a phenomenal purpose. You are using emotional manipulation. Do the ends justify the means? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, absolutely. And is auntie going to be able to do it? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. And maybe you've just, you know, auntie's going to go to therapy now for the last 10 years of her yeah, life. Yeah. She's because ruined she's ruined her yeah. and manipulated yeah. her. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, yeah. I tried. Okay. So yeah, so manipulation, my wife hates it. Uh, she's an awesome woman. Her, her core value is compassion. She's a compassionate mm. leader and a nurse, right? Mm -hmm. So I've changed it to guiding and leading. Oh, so you manipulated <laughs> the word then. You've manipulated the term. I've manipulated the oh, but term. But that's okay then. Ah. Well, you know, it's interesting because yeah. a lot of times in my job <laughs> with people, I have to ask questions that guide them mm -hmm. to deep places so they can get answers, so that they can get learnings and they can reprogram, move forward and have a great life. Okay. And a lot of the times there is this resistance. Okay. I'm not going to... I don't want to talk about that or, you know, so I have to come in from different Is that angles. because they know deep down inside that if they tap into that, it's going to be uncomfortable and they want to get, or they don't really want to get to that uncomfortable place. And it's you programming. Have to, you it's have to push them around right? it. It's like, okay. it's first of all, they're blind spots. Big yeah. stories, blind spots are BS. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we're talking in narrative here. We're talking in analogical thinking like anti or like this situation. And we tell these stories. So everyone knows. Keith, anti-Nick is real. <laughs> Anti-smoke. <laughs> anti smoke <laughs> so people are aware yeah. when they're being led down a path to where the saber-toothed tiger is and in doing so ah. are going to act and be a certain way they're going to be defensive they'll get into ego they'll protect they won't be open and vulnerable and connected to a higher purpose and you know they you so know. what we talked about earlier is they need to understand the outcome so that's why they look at the ps you always want you always want to start with the end first yeah. you know the number one thing and i don't know ah, how this I like works. the ps yeah well exactly Got like it. the ps so you know the brain is sequential and systematic and mathematical and solves problems and algorithms and yeah, one of the things I do when, especially when I'm working with clients is, is I put out an equation, blank plus blank equals blank. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, I'm going to think of the answer. You give me the equation and they go five plus six, seven plus four, two plus. And I'm like, no, no, no. Why even start? The answer is 24. And they're like, oh, 12 plus 12. So is there a place in your marketing where you take them to the answer so they create the equation you want? Uh, yes and no. I think it's very important when you're leading someone to something that is going to make them better, whether it's an investment that, that you honestly believe in, and this is not, not bullshit. This is something you believe in. I think mm -hmm. all the people that, you know, the 11,000 condominiums that have, I've sold, I wish I'd bought more because the values of these things over the years is just outrageous. Right. But at the time, yeah. 
right? When you're manipulating these people in the lineup by putting the hot dog and champagne stand right by the lineup and all the winners get to go eat there and all the people in the lineup get to watch the winners eat. <laughs> and what they do is they run through your show suite and buy two or three just to get to the hot dog stand with the champagne. No, the hot dogs are at the front. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. So what I want people to know right <laughs> now is is I've always wanted you on my podcast and it wasn't about the book. It was just about that you and I always think on these very deep levels and and we've been in sales and language, and we've both been highly successful. We coached teams together. Yeah. Uh, we coached kids' team together. We took that team to the championship, which never happened before ever. And we've done these great things together. Yeah. yeah. And yet I didn't know that you were mildly dyslexic. Oh. And in your book, you know, and what I always say is, uh, you know, your young memories really impact the development of your thought process sure. for the rest of your life. And yeah. grade four is where you get a child's uh, heart and a start to develop an adult's brain. Grade four was not fun for me. Just, right. Just as a well, the, little you said it, Yeah, you said in the book that, you know, and so I'll just, I'll just cut to the chase. So we've been, we've been doing a lot of chit-chatting and we always beat around the bush and mm. you're always good at not answering questions. But mm. through that process and then the other, you've hired, we, we both worked with the same coach for writing our books. Yeah. And, Anna. Uh, right? And then you She's found out awesome. that, yeah, and you found out that shame is a mechanism in which, you know, was prevalent in your life from your upbringing. Don't have to go deep in it. It just was. And then there well, you, you were. you can try, but I won't answer it. <laughs> Tell me, Billy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. hang on. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Cole, can you get the red wine, please? <laughs> Kryptonite. So, yeah. So, from your programming, through your childhood, you had this mild dyslexia. Yeah. You felt that people thought you were stupid. You've always been one of the smartest people I know. You've always done these amazing campaigns. Never truly appreciated for your genius. That's why I have AIM, Master Your Geniuses. So hopefully I will see my own and people will recognize my genius as well. It's that place of insecurity. And then you come and you write this book, but this book is being written so the reader can read it, understand what they're doing, so that there's kind of a amendment here, not amendment, uh, atonement. Yeah. You're kind of doing it yeah, sure. to help people <clears throat> understand that the mass persuaders are getting you to buy shit you know, it says here, Lions in the Grass, a marketing insider's guide to mass persuasion brackets and why you want shit you want. So now here you are, you write this book, I've read it, it's coming from a great place. I can see the dominoes falling into play. This is a place for you now to really do what you've always wanted to do, which is help people understand what they're doing, why they're doing it. So let's say someone reads your book. Well, mm -hmm. there's going to be millions reading your book. They do understand it. What are you hoping they're going to learn from this book? Oh, good, good, good question. Love it. Because if money didn't matter, I would honestly... Let's pretend honestly. it doesn't matter for now. <clears throat> okay. Just it doesn't matter for now. I get it. We all are here. We want to make a living. We're entrepreneurs. I got it. I love that. Would you validate my parking? <laughs> so um, if, money didn't, if money didn't matter, what's really important to me is that this book is in everybody's hands. Because? Because I think it's super important that we understand how to find truth. And it, you know, you touched on the, the, my background and, and some of the manipulation and some of the stuff that I've lived through. So I guess I would have to term myself as a, a recovering manipulator. How's that sound? It's awesome. And when you wow. say truth, right, everyone. Mm -hmm. so, so it's funny because when we were chatting about what I'm doing in my book, which mm -hmm. is the facts to results process, and how we go through the emotions and all that stuff. When I said I wanted to talk about the facts, you said everyone's facts are different. 
and then you said, maybe you want to talk and say the details, right? From the details to the result. And then we get to this place of truth. Like, what is truth? And it, I'm not going to get into that deep conversation today. Yet, what I do know is when we get to that truth and that knowing, mm -hmm. there's a certain way that you know it's the truth without the BS. Remember, I told you about the guy that I coached who said, you know, I said, we're all good people and we got messed up brains. They're working on their own. Mm -hmm. And the guy puts his hand up and says, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You know, when I broke into cars, I didn't break into cars with baby seats. Yeah, that's a stunning statement. It's a stunning statement because it really identifies how people think about their own situations and the small voices that we have in our heads. And then we go back to that yeah, justification, yeah, yeah. the emotional decision mm -hmm. justified by logic, mm -hmm. right? Now, if I tell you this guy's story, which I'm not going to do because, you know, that's, yeah, that's yeah, not relevant. I get it. What is relevant is, you know, you're writing this book so the people will see the truth. And the truth is that they are making an emotional decision that's being manipulated by others. It's actually not an emotional decision they want to make. They are being triggered. Then they make the emotional decision. And so they, I'm walking down the street. Yeah. I'm not going to buy anything. I got, I got my credit card in my pocket. And the next thing you know, my phone pings. I look down and I'm scrolling through and there's an ad. And I'm like, oh, now I'm going to buy. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to buy anything. So the danger is, is and I would say this, from my own personal point of view, the danger is not if I'm I'm manipulating or people are being manipulated into buying soap or water or pens. That's not the danger. The danger comes in mass persuasion. That's where the real danger is. Yeah, that's is. what I want to get to. And it's election time right now in the well, United States. Man, is it ever there's never been a time in our history where we're so emotionally stressed. The world is on fire right now anxiety Look. depression oh is God. huge we're social in unrest COVID, covid times uh, right COVID nineteen. It's, it's just it's crazy. crazy and so we're trying to sort all this out and we're again in this triage process dealing with all this incoming information we don't have time to research and understand so we just bring it in if this thing relates to what i already believe it's golden if it doesn't it's tossed to so the are side are we making like hasty decisions or are oh, we just making boy, critical are we, decisions we're making critically hasty decisions oh, wow. we're becoming we're becoming stingy with our so you know let's look time. at that right because uh, if you know this has been the strongest real estate market ever in vancouver the strongest months it was the strongest uh, august and yeah. september and you know and here we are in tragic times where we're making these decisions. People are losing jobs. There's uncertainty if they're going to have mm -hmm. work or not. The mm -hmm. government's got people on serve. They're paying them this money. One client, his business went under because all his employees took off to go to go to serve because it was more money that he could afford to pay them or, sure. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So there's all this uncertainty going on. This is all happening. Mm -hmm. And yet it's the hottest real estate market ever. So is there a place in which your persuasion or, you know, your marketing now would be able to, you know, play on that? Is that what they're doing? Well, well could we, could we go to the very end of the book? Sure. And in the very end of the book, I talk about becoming an emotional revolutionary. And that is the, the difference is how can we get anti-smoke to stop smoking? How can we use emotional manipulation to create win-wins. How can we get it so that everybody wins? And right now there's too many things that are happening. Well, let's talk about emotions. Let's, let's talk about how that works. Sure. So we're in a, a big place of identity politics. There's a hierarchy of who's more powerful and who isn't and yeah. how I fit in that hierarchy and I feel sure. less than and I'm triggered. The thing is, is everyone has the same emotions, mm -hmm. yet they don't think other people have those emotions because they didn't have it 
uh, that hard or whatever. Again, logic takes over. Emotion exactly, is right? hidden. But 10 fingers, 10 toes, you know, chances are we feel the same thing. Well, and the thing is, is if I have an emotional outbreak right now, anger, crying, whatever, it's mm-hmm. not just this moment. It's the collective. Bingo. Right? And what's happening, especially down south right now, I mean, it happens up here up in the frozen north, but it happens down south tremendously where those are triggered and professional persuaders are using those triggers because they know they just have to tap into it. It Here's the thing. It happens every second of every day. It's People believe that their emotions are very secure. These are my emotions, my thoughts. You can't touch these. Well, I'll, well, tell, you, I'll tell you a quick story about emotions. Hmm. So I had a young man come into the coaching center here and uh, sit down and we're chatting. It's about session five. Okay. And this uh, is his, his yeah, fifth he's, session. Yeah. Fifth okay. session. So he's going through some tough times, but life's pretty good, but he's going through a tough time, a breakup, okay. five year relationship. Okay. And he says, I feel bad. And he just kind of brushes over it and he moves on. He says, yeah, but you know, everything else is going good. Coach Keith goes back and says, let's open up the box of bad, right? This is the emotions part that everyone has to deal with, right? Cause mm-hmm. if you keep them compressed inside and they just get pushed and pushed and pushed, pretty much they become like mud caked in your body. And yeah. it actually is the basis of all your decisions, but you don't know it. Sure. Right? Your anger, your frustration, your resentment, oh, your hate. Absolutely. Because right? you're not piling up the love and the care and all the good stuff in there because it just flows through you because there's no threat. And we're covering up with logic so we don't believe the emotions are the core. Yeah. So anyways, fifth fifth, me- or fifth meeting with this. Comes in, sits down, and I open it up, and uh, we ended up identifying 11 emotions that live in there. I asked him, you know, my process is, what are you focusing on in those emotions? Yeah, yeah, and sure. What do you understand about your emotions now? And it's like, wow. I can't believe they were all in there and it's how it's really impacting me. And they're all negative. So let me throw this out. Okay. So Coley's just about to be born. Right. And we're all younger. And, and so my son Cole is about to be born. Yes. We're younger. Yes. I'm, I'm 28 or actually I'm 30 and yeah, you're I'm about 52. 107 at yeah. that time. There's Thank that. you very much. <laughs> Just not going to stop, are you? Yeah. So, but I have a lot more wisdom. So, yes. anyways, this tons. tons. So, here's a question for you: You and Chris, here, you, you and your wife are, are are trying to decide what to name Cole, mm-hmm. right? What to name your newborn child? And you've decided, or you've found out that ultrasound, and you can have a boy. Well, I saw his biceps, so I was going to call him biceps because he was big back then. Guns. <laughs> I'm going to call them guns. Guns, guns. Guns. So little baby guns is, is you know, is, is six or seven months along, and he is a, getting ready to enter into the world, and you're trying to find a name. So you say, hey, Billy, what's a, what's some names? What are you thinking about this? And I only have one good name. That's Bill. You should name him. You said no. So we look at secondary names, and then I throw out a name, and you're like this, nope. Not going to call him that. No way. So we have another discussion about this, if you can recall. Yep. And my attachment to that name, right? Bingo. And that was from, and unbeknownst to me, yep. is, a, is a bully from your... From when I was in school. Right. right. And, and so this bully... Tormented. No way I'm calling my kid that. Because there was a bully in grade four, and I don't like that guy, and I'll look at that kid and think he's like uh, that guy all the time. Yeah, and every time you, you go to call him... Mm-hmm. For dinner or, or whatever. That's the, you're gonna you're gonna take all of these characteristics of that of that bully yeah. and put it onto your son. And so that that's a logical, rational reason why not to call sure. call that that particular name. So the question really is: is do you know anybody else that that you've met in your life that, that has you, that name? Yeah, that are yeah, absolutely friends? right, yeah. and they're great people. There we go. And so do you ever connect the bully with those people? No. Yeah. So logically, 
You would never make that connection with your son. No. Because he's his own person. Right. But emotionally, we make that connection. And so we say, I'm not calling my son that. Well, you know, if so you we think cover about, yeah, that. those decisions that you make in life where you're just, you know, you've never been a dad before. You've never been a mom before. You've never been a partner in a marriage or a relationship yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And you're winging it, right? And all of a sudden, your emotions are making and leading the charge. And people right. don't understand that that's the truth. Even the mm-hmm. ones that think they're left-brained analytical, oh. they're getting pissed off. They're getting frustrated. They're getting angry. They're getting happy. They're, you know, they mm-hmm. fall in love. There's the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's this processing that goes on when you start to take on more information, yeah. more yeah. expectations aren't met, more disappointments are fulfilled. And all of a sudden you're in a real relationship with a mess of emotions. And the first thing people do is they bail. Yeah. Now wow. the purchaser, the first thing they do is, is they want to feel good, right? So they want mm-hmm. an escape. Mm-hmm. So there's alcohol, there's, you know, there's drugs, alcohol, buying, you know, all kinds of addictions that people get into. But not classic cars. Classic cars are not an addiction. They're totally okay. Yeah. I don't have one. You have a few. Thanks for buying one for me. Well, they're, they're not an addiction. No. They're not an addiction. So I just want that. because my Tanya, wife, they're not an addiction. Tanya, you're getting sleepy. They're not an addiction. Just because we can't park any of our It's all to in repress the, the feelings and get instant gratification. And everyone wants to feel great for the moment and mm. that escape from all this life and all these feelings. So it's, you know, it's like... When it's heavy, man. You got to make all these decisions all the time. Whether you know it or not, subconsciously, consciously, we're putting in profiling and processing all the time. You know who I feel sorry for is I feel f- sorry for these... No, I don't... Let's reframe. You know who's got it tough and is doing probably a great job is single parents. Oh my God. I mean, I bounce everything off Chris. Like, yeah. hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? I mean, even if yeah. I don't like what she says, at least I'm getting a perspective and an opinion and I don't have to go through my emotional, you know, and then I might be, you're wrong anyways. I'm always right. You know, whatever. Hey, I don't know. Have you ever felt that way with me? Is there a moot button here? <laughs> That's mute. Mute. <laughs> no, Quit no. manipulating the word. So... <laughs> So I guess the point that I was making that I forgot that I was making that goes back to the names that we're talking about here, right, is it's always an emotional decision. And we cover it up. And we cover it up with the logic. Right. And then we live with that. Thinking that this is a logical decision. Exactly. So, you know. Can I roll that for a second back into the persuasion? Ah, And this is what's happening down down south in the election. And and not just that it's happening down there and not here. It's that this is really in the news and it's, it's prominent right now. It's poignant. This is, this is happening at this very moment. And by not saying, by not presenting rational, logical concepts by presenting emotional concepts, let's, let's go back into, and this is not for or against Trump by, by any means. There's enough of that stuff going on. I don't need to dive into that shit. So 2016, 2016, Trump comes on the scene and then he's a presidential hopeful and he presents language, small, memorable snippets that link and create a visible emotional imagery. So drain the swamp, build the wall, lock her up. These are repeated and become memorable statements that are then repeated again and again by his audience. And then the press picks us up and this is amplified. And everyone then puts it into their perception in their world, yeah, what that means to yeah. them. And it's always about safety, right? I'm so, taking care yeah. of you. We're doing this, protecting you. Right? So let's That's look the at the emotions thing. versus the details versus mm-hmm. the facts. So when, when president Trump spoke about the wall and the, the we're going to build a wall. Keep them out. 
And then well, there's the devil, about, like you talk about in your book. Oh, so yeah. now you got the enemy, right? <clears throat> right? And now he's coming in to be the savior, and he's going right. to take care of you and protect it's you. It's much easier to control a crowd if they're collectively afraid of an individual thing. Yeah. If they all have their own individual problems, try and corral that crowd. Impossible. But if they have a singular purpose, a singular fear, that was the fear of the unknown, the fear of the foreigners. So I'm going to build a wall. But this is what he did that was brilliant. And I have to give him full credit for this because he's a master at it. And that was this. Never gave a detail. Well, yeah, and he never does. And the, the true thing about manipulation is, is let them create their own details. Bingo. If you give too much information, too mm-hmm. much, you know, to talk too much. In sales, you should talk less, listen more, ask great questions so that people then can talk themselves into Is that criticism. right? That is correct. <laughs> and how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. And yourself? I'm noticing this conversation has you uncomfortable. <laughs> is there anything I can do to make you more comfortable? So, you know, Vali- the, validate my well, parking. And then what we can do is we could use tone to draw people in, right? Billy, you taught me that. Like, so do you guys really want to make this purchase right now? Oh, you're making it sound evil. Cool. Here's the thing is, so if you never have a detail, how do you debate it? How do you control it? How do you, well, you can't, how do you compare it? You can't say it it? it's right or wrong. How high is yet. this? I mean, the wall ends in two oceans, for God's sakes. How are you going to stop people well, from the, just swimming around it? You know, how is you, the world divided today by logic? Is uh, do oh, we have so left and right? It's no. like even the politics in Canada are starting to get this way. Mm-hmm. The universities, mm-hmm. the left, the right, right? Mm-hmm. Capitalism yeah. versus yeah. socialism. You know, Jordan Peterson's huge right now, and he's taken over with his kind of his uh, let's have a conversation, not an argument piece. Mm. And people are giving him titles, calling him names because they aren't liking what he's saying or they're perceiving what he's saying to yeah. be, you know, against them. It's mm-hmm. all emotional based. And if everyone understands that everything is run by emotions, how did those emotions get created? Emotions are created by thoughts from the past Mm -hmm. and thoughts from the past that are negative. So when you were in grade four and you were bullied, when you're in grade five, when you were segregated from a group, when your parents whacked you, I mean, the world out there, it's not a pretty place. And there's a lot of parents that meant to do well Mm -hmm. that did really horribly, you know, mine, one of them. And I ended up taking on horrible traits and, and becoming this narcissistic, chauvinistic person that was, you know, the earner and you should do what I do. And I shifted that all around when all of a sudden I had urgency, when I had a reason. So I'd like you to talk about when somebody has like a purpose to gain mm. wealth, to be a great parent, to do you play on that when you're marketing? Do you ever play on their identity of who they're going to be when you're selling? You know, it, play on that is such a challenging word because it's not about playing on it. it really truly isn't and and perhaps in the past yeah but as i said a recovering manipulator now that the whole focus is to really really Hi, make i'm bill i'm a recovering manipulator yeah and i'm sorry so the it's a yeah the first step is realizing you have a problem so really and truly it's now about we need to wake up we need to to show this. And then once you identify the manipulation, then you have a better chance of understanding the truth. Well, it empowers you. Absolutely. It empowers you as a human being. One of the strongest emotions is hope. And that's connected to hope is definitely the empowerment. And if you can empower your audience to be involved, to make a difference, you're going to start a tidal wave. Right. And so now we're talking about this truth. And so my truth is different than your truth, yet there is a common denominator in all things, right? I think I'm a fantastic goaltender in hockey. (laughs) You think you can score every shot. I think you're a great dancer. (laughs) 
<laughs> Both of us don't think that at all, Keith. <laughs> I never knew there was four beats per beat. <laughs> See, I don't even know what that means. That's how bloody bad I am. It means you move your feet too much. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. You're supposed to. You're move a fantastic your feet? goaltender. I can still get in your kitchen and go five for five on you for five dollars a shot. I'll never forget that. That was a great morning when you broke the stick. You were so. Anyways, let's talk about emotional manipulation again. Let's go back to this because I think it's super important. I want the listeners to know that this is an amazing book. Okay. You can read it. You can understand it. There's great analogical thinking, telling stories and narratives to create the point mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. we can take it, put it in our mind, and then yeah. we can roll it around and, and connect it. Yeah, connect it to your own story, exactly. connect it to your own background, right. your own emotions, and use it as you need to do. And that's what the that's what the core message is, is how do you, A, understand all these techniques that are being used, and B, recognize them when they're being used against you. And then once you can pull back from that, you can say, okay, this I'm being manipulated. I get it. What's the cost of this? So maybe the cost is I have to vote for that candidate versus this candidate. Is that a good decision or a bad decision? Well, at least I know my decision is based on a truth then. Rather than, I'm not voting for that bastard because he's this. It, and now you're being emotionally manipulated and you never came close to your truth. You don't so know the cost so let's, let's talk of your decision. That. Let's yeah. talk about reverse engineering. How people okay. see a problem and they think the surface is the problem, but if they actually reverse engineer where the problem was created, they can get to the source, plant it in there, and then put yeah. the fix in there and go forward. So, you know, why am I upset? Why do I hate this guy? Instead of going, I hate this guy, I'm choosing the other one. Why not say, what is it about this person I don't mm. like? What is it that I hate about him? He does this, this, or this. Then you can say to yourself... Is that true? 100% yeah, do I know? Yeah. Well, you now, taught me that. You taught yeah. me that. And, and that's one of the things that, that I really appreciate about, about you. Uh, amongst all the things is that you have that really core, you have that core purpose of, of helping people get to what it is, yes or no. Is that true? And I've had to come up with some, as you know, some tough decisions and trying to get through some of the shit. Right. And having to stare these down the barrel of this decision process is that true? Well, you I know, the thing myself. you always hear, right, when you hear about politics is, thanks, bud. So when you hear about politics is, I made the choice, I chose the lesser of the two evils. You know, mm. is that true? Did you choose the lesser of two evils? Have you actually... I mean, on the logical component, sure. Well, but one of them is just manipulated to think that they're they're nicer than the other one or the other one, you know, I are mean, they're that, both bad. Well, you know, that whole thing about yeah. Hillary, what they did with her and, and then not even just Hillary... Um, Stephen Harper, he had a PhD in economics and he's no longer our prime minister. We have a drama teacher as our prime minister and we're in an ec economical fumble and everything's being paid everywhere. And it's okay because he's handsome. He's a good guy. He's really nice. He's young. He represents the new thing. He taught French just over here in Burnaby. Right, exactly. So you can see that right now I'm manipulating the audience with my facts. I'm telling him that he had a PhD in economics. Is that true? Like you're listening to my podcast because I said that and you like me, you assume that's true. Uh, you know what? 37% of all stats are fake. Exactly. And 77%, <laughs> you know, 10% of all the people in the world. Uh, okay. So we're going to do a little wrap up here. We chatted about a lot of stuff in the book. I, yeah. think, I think the audience gets a grasp that it's about making the emotional decision, having this cover up that we do yeah. logically. Yeah. 
I think, you know, if anyone wants to learn there, when you go to resell your vehicle, sell emotionally, right? Hey, Absolutely. Tell th- My what? family was super safe in this car. I loved it. You know, just sell on emotion, right? Yeah. And then... Uh, and if you're going to be in this car, people are going to think you're something. Yeah. And, and that's all it is, is, is you don't have to do that by any means. But if you understand the true core of decision-making, then you can actually move forward. And that's in the book. Absolutely. Understanding the true core of decision-making. And whether you want to get your kids to eat more vegetables, do more homework, help your Auntie Nick. I like Auntie Nick better than Auntie Smoke. I Sorry. I'm just saying. I, Auntie, Auntie Nick is worse than Auntie Smoke. So I'd vote for Auntie Smoke. She's nicer. <laughs> Uncle Nick, Auntie Smoke. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, really uh, what, I, what I want people to know is, is that we all have a brain. Mm. And when we're not thinking about what we're thinking about, it's thinking for us. And it's thinking in a place of threat versus reward. Sure. And sure, sure. the manipulators are playing on that. They're yeah. playing on the fact yeah. that you don't give thought to what you think about. You don't reverse yeah. engineer your decisions. You don't ask, is that true? You don't fact check. You just think the source that you're getting. Well, because you're in triage. True. You're in triage and you're just handling so much shit as it's flowing in. It's just going to take this. We need to be able to just take that and deal with it and then move on. We don't have time right. to Right. So make a great check. newsletter that says 10 things that go wrong when buying a house, five things you can do to fix that problem. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they turn over over and it's 10 things here and five things here and you boom 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 you're just playing with the emotion with putting them in triage with a p with a ps with a ps at the end absolutely ps and maybe for a ps at the end to talk a little bit about the book for just a second even though that's been the core and thank you very much for that is um it's on amazon right now amazon.ca amazon.com and you can just go in there it's in pre-order right now so you go in there it's actually in the top three of amazon's on the top 100 books because it's getting a ton of which is which is awesome. Uh, I, I never expected been, that. It moved to number been, one. It's been selected uh, in the short. It's in the yeah shortlisted shortlisted for, for top. Canadian Book Club Awards, which is a really cool deal because it goes right across Canada, and it's just its readers have voted. We know uh, for a fact that someone in our community picked it up, said it's the best business book they ever read. They work for a huge company with over twenty thousand employees who have just hired me, and they've just hired you to go yeah. in there and create a campaign during this COVID time, which is exciting. Yeah, I get to, uh, and that's really the core well, of the book. And at the end, you're get, being seen for yeah, your genius. And like you're getting seen, buddy. Like I mean, I'm yeah. that's what I'm proud about. I'm well, thank I'm you happy that. that you got you know. You grew up in grade four. You were told you were stupid. You're mildly dyslexic. You, you work with these developers. They don't appreciate what you do. Don't cry. Don't sniff. Don't go there. No tears. You validate my parking? I'm manipulating your emotions. And then these guys don't appreciate you. You got to haggle for every dollar. You have this amazing success. You grow your family. You get to this point. You're 57, 58 years old. Uh, you've written this book. Two I, years. I look like solid. I'm 56. Uh, yeah, pretty close. And you've written this book. It's been two solid years. You bring it out. You put it in my hands. I read it. Uh, it's every one of our conversations. <laughs> and yeah. I love that. And I love that yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah. wow, you know, that's great. I've always seen your genius. I've always, you know, seen it. I've always saw it. And you know that. And you've seen mine, which is, I think, why we're best friends. Yes. Who, who better to scratch your back than someone who knows exactly where to scratch? Oh, just stop. <laughs> so... I want the people out there to know that this is one of the best marketing slash business books they'll ever get. Awesome. Awesome. Ever read. Thank you. Because it simplifies it. It's in story. It's great. It grips you. It keeps you turning the pages. It's a truth. You will learn about your thinking process. You will learn about your emotional process. And hopefully what they'll get to is a truth for themselves through the book that will help them make decisions moving forward. 
yeah. communicate better, do things better, Pers- learn about their genius. And, and present better and persuade better and help, help convince folks so that your ideas are really what is going to help them. Yeah. So for everyone that's listening out there, I'm going to raffle off three books. Go to AIM Coaching Programs on Instagram. AIM Coaching Programs AIM on... AIM Coaching Programs on Instagram. And Can Bill, I win? Bill Morrison writes. Is that the one yeah, you Mor- want? Morrison writes. Morrison M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N writes. W-R-I-T-E-S. Good. Great. Everyone could go in, say that you heard the podcast. Uh, I'm going to take, and at the end of the day, I'll put everyone into a hat. I'll do a random draw and I'll give away three of the books. Awesome. Uh, which is awesome. And if you can get to out there and get your pre-sale order at Amazon, it's $9.99. I mean, it's a screaming deal. It's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Uh, I know that you're going to be on local television network doing a promo. Yeah, in October and then maybe on, on some and US. You've got, and you've got some stuff in the States you're going to be touring and talking about as well, yeah, which is exciting. Yeah, which is some US television. And I get to go into down to LA and then stay in quarantine for two weeks. And yeah, then stay yeah, in quarantine yeah, on yeah, two, yeah, wait, yeah. two weeks. Well, awesome. Well, this is the cost. Well, you know what? Nothing in life is easy. Everything's hard work. You get to this point. This is an accumulation of wisdom put into a book, you know, boiled down into 270 so odd pages. It's amazing. It's a great book. I just want to finish on, for the, for the people that are listening out there, mm-hmm. I just want to tidy it all up. And I want you to give me just like a, a takeaway that you wrote the book. What did you learn writing the book? about what you knew? Writing is frustration and elation. It is, it's both, it's this wild mix. Like I said, at the very uh, start of the podcast, it was two full-time jobs to learn how to write and then learn what to write and learn how to write the words that people read. I was blessed to work with the self-publishing agency. You're working with them as mm-hmm. well. They're really, really strong. And also Lori Bamber. Lori is my editor and just a godsend as far as just being so generous and helpful rather than here say this don't say this cut this out she really would tell me why which was awesome so i i learned you know if we had to look away from the book for a moment i learned that that if you set a big enough obstacle and you stay to it and you stay true to it you can overcome the obstacle and get to the other side it's been life-changing for me it it's amazing the things that are happening, the calls that are coming in. I finally got asked to be on your podcast. You'd say you wanted me on here, but you never asked me. And now I'm something special. So yeah, come on. Well, you're so, dyslexic. You couldn't read the uh, you couldn't, couldn't fill read. out couldn't fill mildly, out the mildly mildly dyslexic. Yeah, form. Huh? Morph. Morph. Yeah. So the you know the the issue, uh, or excuse me, not the issue, but the the to overcome the challenge was awesome. And then just to be okay with being exposed. Yeah, right? well, it's, I, I, you're, you're yeah. walking naked on the street, and if you're not good with that, it's really tough. It's vulnerability at its highest level. Yeah, you know, you're a writer. You put your heart and sleeve on the. You put your heart in the book, and, and it's yeah. awesome. You know, the the takeaway that I got that it just realigned everything I do with my work with my clients one on one. Oh, that's awesome. Right, which is because I know as you're writing the book, we had a couple of really great conversations to get you through some walls. We set some deadlines, did yeah, some stuff. Yeah, you wanted to get yeah, a chapter done before your dad went away. Yeah. So your dad yeah. actually got to read a chapter, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what I learned, not what I learned, what was reinforced again was, you know, stand on a mountain, do you, and people will come to you. Hide yourself, nobody comes. Yeah. Hard to and, see if you're hidden. Eh? Yeah. Hard to see if you're hidden. And so lions in the grass is you exposing your knowledge, your genius, your brilliance. And all of a sudden, what? You get hired by a massive company. People want you in the States. You're going down here. It's like, yeah. And I want people out there that are younger that are out there listening. Don't hide yourself. Do these things. Take a risk. Do challenge. 
when your marketing comes, market you. You know, your brand yeah. is yourself. Don't yeah. don't try to hide behind something mm-hmm. else. And expose yourself to the world so the world can choose you and want what your stuff is there. So yeah, I'm just really wicked. happy. Thank I'm you. I'm happy that you're being seen. I think it's awesome. It's cool. Lions in the grass, you guys. Check it out. It's awesome. And this is Master Your Genius. Thanks awesome. a lot, Billy. That was wicked. Thanks, buddy. All right. That was great. Right on. You bet. I like it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Master Your Genius podcast. You can rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Master Your Genius. 